News with My Dad, a show where we talk about the news with my dad. I'm live on the telephone line playing the role of my fat. My dad is, in fact, my dad, the star of our show, Joe Smith. Pop, how you doing? I'm not grumpy, but I'm impatient. All right, I got a, I got a problem right now that we're going to have to answer in the next five minutes, okay? I've, I've got jury duty today. Now, I didn't, I didn't think that could possibly be real, okay? Because, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. But it did say to call, and I, and I posted on social media even a while back, I said, are we doing this? And I got to say, hey, no, it'll get canceled. You don't have to do it. And then, and so that's what I assumed. I said, okay, there's just some, wrote, you know, sort of standard form they send out, but it's not a real deal. But I called last night, and it said, after you and I spoke, and it said, I called late at night, and it said, yeah, sure enough, they're expecting people to show up now. I've got the form here. It does have, uh, it it does have a chance. I can mail back a a little card that uh, that cries hardship. Now, and I don't know, however, the rules hard. I don't know if like I need to be at work, like right now talking to you, counts as hardship. So either we're gonna take a, we we're gonna do some of this show in the car. Okay, and then and you're going to be doing it with Brian, largely without me, or I'm sending in this little card. Do you have a? We got to make a decision. Like this is this is live radio right now, Dad. Do you have a? How do you want to handle this? What do you mean, send in a little card? The card isn't going to get there today, and they'll they'll mark you absent if you're not there. So I need to go there. Well, what you need to do is you need to call, and I I would suggest that uh, who's a. Is is Brian on the board the other side? Yeah, yeah, I can give. Uh, yeah, or, or I would suggest you give Brian the phone number and, the, and at eight oh one he calls and explains the problem and ask if it's okay if you're just late. Well, I'm going to take a look at this, Dad. This is a show we talk about the news. We try to talk about the important stuff. Sometimes we talk about the unimportant stuff. When it's unimportant, we try to say so. We take turns. Dad typically takes the first turn. Pop, do you have a shout out? I have two shout outs. First, I want to shout out to the Army Corps of Engineers, which has told the folks who want to open the pebble mine in Alaska, which would be a disaster ecologically, that, yes, it would be a disaster ecologically, and so we are not going to grant the permit. The Corps came through on that one, and I have to also note that that both Alaska Republican senators apparently agree with the ruling. And the other shout-out, I want to shout-out for Doonesbury, who turns 50 years old this week. Gary Trudeau has been such a contributor to the American culture, and I'm shouting out for him and his strip this morning. And then before we dive into the news, I just want to acknowledge the passing of Diego Maradona, the great Argentine soccer player who was so important to Argentina that they declared three days of mourning. Wow. I don't know if you even do that for a president. Well, Dad, I think I need to go to this thing. I'm looking at the thing because you're, sp- you're supposed to be there by 8. And and if you're worried that I'm going to get marked absent and that's bad to be marked absent... Then maybe I have to go. <laughs> well, 
I, I have to say that it's it's a little late for you to be worrying about that, but yeah, you probably. I mean, I could not worry about it. But <laughs> but, but I but I re- I really think if somebody called in at uh, at eight o'clock, or may, maybe even they they might even be answering the phone now and explain that you're that you have a radio show that you're responsible for is it okay if you get there at five minutes a few minutes after nine i bet they would say it was okay the uh, um brian are we able to do this by phone all right then we're going to keep it cracking okay but i'm gonna i'm gonna get in i just i just worry i just worry about not doing my civic duty but we're going to do this by phone it's going to we're going to be a moving target it's going to be it's going to be pandemic uh live local craziness you're going to be listening to X-Ray while we also do jury duty. Maybe I'll be able to get some reporting uh, from. Uh, maybe I'll be able to get some reporting done uh, about the jury process. But Dad, while we're while we're doing this transition, I'm going to call in. But we're doing this transition. What are the biggest stories? Some of the stories I do hope we'll talk about, and these are little teasers. Will be the Supreme Court's ruling on the shutdown order in New York, which has far-reaching implications. Also, the protesters who are targeting the homes of the Oregon Ocean Inspector who find a gym that defied the closure order. I also wanted to get the viewpoints. Uh, you wanted to ask the uh, share a story and get a viewpoint of listeners. Uh, Dad, anything? Where do you want to start? Well, I just I, I first I want to just report two items of good news. We don't just good news. The good news is that the Christmas ships. Portland are going to sail this Christmas, which is nice. And Alaska Airlines has ordered 13 MAX aircraft to replace Airbuses, which shows that they have confidence things are going to get better. They actually didn't buy them. They contracted to lease them, but that's okay. Anyway, that's good news. Then I want to talk about COVID and some international and some election cleanup and courts. National, state, local, uh, there's just so much to talk about. We've got to talk fast. Well, let's go ahead, Pop. COVID, over 900 Oregon deaths now. U.S., we're getting better than 2,000 per day. Prediction 3,000, May 4,000 is coming. Schools, New York is opening their elementary schools, but they're not opening their middle or high schools to in-school teaching. Uh, and... COVID, I'm aware that it's really important that we keep talking about COVID because when something is in the news every day, people start to think, oh, well, yeah, we, we know all about that. But COVID is something that we must not take for granted. We must keep talking about There's serious risk of hospital overload. Good news, of course, is, the, is vaccines. The Moderna vaccine is apparently 100% effective against severe cases, that is, anybody who has taken the vaccine has virtually no chance of getting a severe case, which is a big thing. The CDC is going to meet tomorrow to discuss and decide who gets the vaccine and and how how it gets. Uh, I expect, I suspect that I will be on the list ahead of you because I'm just not quite twice your age. The uh, one of the things that is not being measured, and it really can't be measured, but people need to be aware of, is the fact that COVID is causing long-term disabilities in some people. 
and those long-term disabilities long-term could be long, long-term Kelly Leffler the candidate for Senate in Georgia was made a big deal about not wearing a mask and ha she's sick she's got to, she has tested positive and I don't know if the last three days because of the big because I'm up on the mountain and haven't had access to to a lot of news uh, Kate Brown had said that she was going to ease restrictions starting Thursday do you know whether or not that's still in or is or the restrictions going to stay in place I'll take it up I'll, I'll take a look at it just a sec Bob okay and that's that's what I have for COVID. And if you have anything else, you should add it. Otherwise, there's some international stuff I think we need to talk about. Yeah, there. Uh, it says the Oregon's new set of COVID-19 restrictions will take effect on Thursday, and it says businesses are cautiously optimistic. Uh, but what I don't know is what the uh, what the numbers are going to be from uh, from any Thanksgiving any Thanksgiving spike. And if it's uh, and and I suspect we'll get those numbers in the next day or two. Uh, so if there is a, I, I could see that you know a change of plans. If there is, uh, you know, if we do see a big spike because people were hanging out with various relatives and friends this weekend. Dad, you there? I'm here. I, I didn't know that you I, I didn't hear a period at the end of what you just said. There was one. Should we talk a little bit about international? Yeah, go ahead. Well, there's somebody has assassinated, murdered the Mr. P- Professor Fakhrizada, who was rumored to be the the linchpin for the intellectual of force looking to produce atomic or nuclear weapons in Iran and nobody is confessing to the assassination but Iran strongly suspects Israel and I strongly suspect Israel and Iran thinks that Israel would not have pulled that off without at least letting the United States know and I'm inclined to think that's true and and so the big question is what is Iran going to do? Who are they going to target? Who are they going to murder? Where what are they going to bomb? And could we could we be in the last fifty days of the BDT administration be looking at a war starting with Iran? And I would I hope you have Tim on this morning that he can offer his offering. Yeah, we will have Tim Arcroft on. Can, yeah, can you hear me okay? I can hear you. Great. We will have Tim Arcroft on later this morning. Yeah, you might make a, the list of the things we want to ask him about. And that's going to sound like a couple of good things to ask Tim's perspective. Another, another international qu- question, or I don't know if it's a question, but the North Korea has imposed a major smoking ban in public places. But the interesting thing about this is that the ruler, the dictator of North Korea, Mr. Kim, is frequently seen smoking. And what is the what is the smoking ban going to be for him? Is he going to set an example he's going to quit? That will be an interesting thing. 
Bibi Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, made a sneak trip to Saudi Arabia. Uh, I thought of just saving that for the straw, but anyhow, it, but the interesting thing about what the, the foreign minister of Saudi Arabia denied that it happened. He said, no, no, there was only, only Secretary of State Pompeo. Why, why do they have to lie? Just wonder, but, but the Im- implications of Netanyahu meeting secretly in Saudi Arabia with Saudi Arabia leaders with apparently Pompeo present that uh, that's something for us to keep an eye on. That uh, probably is a bad harbinger for the Palestinian cause, and that that's again something that it would be good to get Tim's viewpoint on. And the last international news I want to make is is Boko Haram has just murdered over forty farm workers. And, and I, I wish I could understand the the mindset of those folks as to what they think they are accomplishing. What possible positive effect could there be from murdering farm workers? If somebody has any insight onto that, please offer it. That's my international. Well, why don't we still there? It's KXY Portland, 97.191.1 FM, streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. Also, KQAC HD3 Portland. We appreciate everybody doing that. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Dad, you want to, where do you want to talk about? You want to talk about more COVID stuff? I do, I do want to ask uh, how people did over the Thanksgiving holiday. If anybody wants to share how they spent their Thanksgiving holiday. Dad, why don't you give a teaser on something you want to cover when we get back? Dad, did you hear me? I, I, I'm having a little difficulty. Are, are you walking now? Or are you going to the car? Uh, I, am, I am in transit. You can't hear me? I can hear you barely. You need to speak loud. Okay, well, hopefully, uh, Brian may have to step in a little bit here. You are listening to the Jury Duty edition of News with My Dad here on the Monday after Thanksgiving in the year 2020, where apparently jury duty is still a thing. I had this bad feeling that we may have lost Jefferson. I am going to go on the assumption that we have lost Jefferson until he speaks up. So some election cleanup I like to talk about. First, transition at last is in full effect. The General Services Administrator has said, okay, you get the money and you get the space, and yes, you can talk to everybody. The, the Biden has announced his communication team, and it's all women, which is fairly significant. And while we're talking about Biden... He was horsing around with his dog. I don't know if you can say horsing around with your dog. You have to say dogging around with your dog. But he was playing around with his dog, and he fractured his foot. He's got a a fracture, hairline fracture, which means it's not displaced, but it means that, I don't know if it means he's going to have to be on crutches, but 
He's going to have to walk very gingerly for a while. Election news. Lauren Culp, the Republican candidate for governor in Washington, is taking a is, is taken a page from the DDT's book, and at least as of the last I saw, he still says that he doesn't agree that he was defeated, even though he had lost by something like 14% of the vote. He is not conceding. And of course, there is nothing statutory or constitutional about a candidate conceding. It's just good form if you get beat to acknowledge, yeah, you got beat. Of course, DDT, who does not believe in in good form, apparently spent the, the weekend when he wasn't on the golf course, because he golfed, I think, every day over the weekend. I think, he, I think he golfed every day for three or four days. Anyway, he apparently made a lot of calls to supporters to ask them did I really lose? And and the insight into DDT on this kind of stuff strikes me as perhaps best explained by what Ted Cruz had to say about him in 2016. Now, you understand, this is Ted Cruz, the senator from Texas, who still has not acknowledged that Biden was elected and is going to be the next president, who is now really one of the supporters of DDT. But in 2016, I think he had real insight when he said that Donald Trump is a pathological liar. But when he says something, when it comes out of his mouth, he believes himself. Wow. And that, that, I think, may be the real insight, that, that he apparently, when he went on Fox News yesterday morning and, and insisted, he said, we have hundreds of affidavits, and the problem is we can't get to the Supreme Court. The, the lie after lie after lie, and, and he may, when he says it, really thinks it's true. And, of course, that would, that would be a good example of a pathology, pathology where where you're you're not in touch with reality the courts continue to knock down all of the cases that are being brought with one judge Steve, judge Stephen Bobbins who was a, a a Trump appointee knocked down a suit saying voters not briefs decide elections and, and said there is no merit and you have no evidence and you haven't even alleged anything that would justify changing. The uh, interesting thing happened in Alaska, and this could be a kind of a strong wind. Well, yeah, Bob, you can, you can, let me try again. Can Jefferson, you you're there. Yeah, I've been here. The, uh, Good. I don't want to interrupt you. Uh, the uh, yeah, new before we leave political news or and before we leave national political news. Yeah, we've got cabinet appointed John Cornyn, and some of them want your comment on after this, Bob. But John Cornyn just said that they're not obligated. Senate is not obligated. Republicans in the Senate are not obligated to confirm uh, Biden appointees. That was a little that, that, that that's a little nerve wracking. Uh, and but now Biden's approval up to fifty five percent. Donald Trump's approval down to 42%. So, 
So back to the levels they were before, before the election. Uh, obviously, Joe Biden did not win with that, uh, win with that margin. We did some discussion analysis about that. But according to Hill and according to Gallup's new poll, Gallup's new poll has Biden on up a little bit, Trump on the down a little bit. But do you, how much of a honeymoon do you think Biden is going to get? All of his, uh, all of his rhetoric has been about unity and how we need to be together. And now he, you know, makes his, he makes these initial appointments. Do you think that Republicans are going to start saying, start resisting right away? Or do you think the, uh, you think that they don't want to risk uh, looking like uh, looking too petty uh, in their fight, or do you think they'll find a space in between, like find the one Van Jones, or find you know find the one appointee that they can that they can try to fight and and make into a cause celeb of why Joe Biden is a is a socialist that must be stopped. What are your What are your thoughts on how you expect the Republicans to treat his appointees? Well, my first response to that is I think the question could be better answered on the 6th of January when hopefully we will know what the result of the Georgia senatorial elections has been because I think that uh, if there are 50 Democrats and 50 Republicans and one Democratic vice president, is liable to be very different than if there's 51-49 or 52-48 in favor of the Republican side. My gut tells me that we have to go on past performance, and to the extent that past performance is predictive, I'd have to say I think the honeymoon will last about five minutes. And, uh, we have, yeah, yeah, my, we my have, we have a Republican leader who said the, uh, his principal course was to defeat President Obama when President Obama was elected the first time. He didn't get the job done, but he did everything else he could. He refused to c- consider not dozens, but I, over a hundred nominations to the federal bench so that if and when, and it turned out to be when, a Republican was was elected president, they could confirm all kinds of federal judges and and change the federal bench. And I I want to talk about the courts uh, in a minute. Uh, so, but 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 we can I think uh, address that question a little more intelligently on the sixth of January. What do you think? My, yeah, my own take that we is have that the it. president will, uh, excuse me, President-elect Joe Biden will get a bunch of appointees, most of the appointees through. But the move will be the traditional Republican move, which is to try to find, you know, one or two appointees that have something that can really rally the Fox News viewership against, and that in doing so, they'll be able to not only demonstrate to their right-wing base that they're fighting Biden, but also build the case for why, hey, just because you know, you, you're not going to be able to support this guy, just because he's saying, just because he's saying he wants unity. Remember, there's a reason you voted for Trump. There's a reason you're going to vote for Tom Cotton, whoever's next. Uh, so, yeah, my guess is it'll be a little bit, a little bit in between. I don't think we're going to have a crisis of him not being able to have a cabinet. I think he'll be able to have a cabinet, even if Democrats are, uh, even if even if Democrats don't win in Georgia, 
Uh, but obviously, if Democrats don't win in Georgia, he'll have a different cabinet because they will fight more. They will block more. Uh, what I don't know, and, and who can, but uh, is how brazen they'll be in saying, no, no, you got to pick the cabinet we give you. Uh, and and that, you know, it, it, will they treat cabinet positions with the way they've treated the U.S. Supreme Court? And that, you know, we just don't know. If, if they, historically, well, I, I, re, I remember what Senator Morse said when, when you're voting on confirming or not confirming a cabinet position, the vote must be not as to whether or not you agree with the ideology of the appointee, but whether or not the appointee is able to do the job and is of sound moral character and uh, not uh, not under the undue control of any nefarious interest, and if so, whether or not that's the person you would like to be in the job, you have to vote to sustain. And that historically has been what folks who, who believe in the sanctity of the Senate, which was was called for years the greatest public forum in the world, which uh, the the Republicans have are just trashing. And if if they do just for the sake of showing their muscle, refuse to sustain any appointment of somebody who is qualified and able to do the job and of good moral character and not unduly controlled by any nefarious inference and just to show that they can it will be just one more example of how bad things have gotten and it is it is really 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 troubling to me uh, i just read in in the current atlantic a report by an historian who predicted 10 years ago that the decade starting in 2020 was going to be a really, really bad time for the United States of America. And it was kind of poo-pooed at the time, but what he predicted was going to be happening in 2020 is eerily coming to pass. And and, uh, what... uh, so, so that, that that all gets together. I was about to finish when you got disappeared. The interesting thing that happened in Alaska, Alaska passed Measure Two, which creates a top four primary. That is, for primaries for for office, the top four go to the general election, and then in the general election they have instant runoff so that uh, you'll always have somebody who has sort of the majority another not perhaps important but but interesting election story a guy named Fred Eshelman who is a North Carolina money manager must have a lot of money because he gave the trust the vote inc which was a, a outfit created supposedly to contest the validity of 
elections around the country to help the president overturn the the ruling of the voters. He gave the Trust the Vote, Inc., two and a half million dollars, and he is suing them to get his money back because he said they just wasted the money. They filed four suits, and then they dropped the four suits. So that'll be kind of fun to watch. And that leads to a bunch of court stuff I want to talk about. Is there any, any election stuff you want to add before we go into courts? Well, Dad, we're going to take a break in just a moment, but I wanted to give you a report from jury duty. It is a live report from the Multnomah County Courthouse coming at you live here on X-Ray. I reported to jury duty. I explained while my phone was on mute. This all happened while you were talking. A lot of things, things can happen while Joseph was talking to you, too. And I explained my situation, that it was going to be, uh, that, that I didn't want to be a no-show, that it would be very difficult for me to participate in jury duty today. And she said, that's fine, we don't need you. But the fact that you're here... If you fill out that form, you'll get credit for being here today. And we might need you tomorrow. <laughs> 99% we won't need you. So call tonight to see if we do. But if we don't, then you'll be off the hook. You will have satisfied your jury duty for the next two years uh, by showing up this morning. Very pleased that I did, in fact, create a somewhat odd, unique, new, 2020-worthy X-ray jury duty radio experience because now it turns out that I did my civic duty by showing up at the courthouse and I'm not going to have to sit on jury duty today. Have you, have you ever served on a jury? I've never served on a jury, not in real life. I had the privilege of serving on two juries and I learned more from those two juries about jury trials than I did in all the, the trials that I conducted as plaintiff or defendant. Why did you learn more? What did you learn? Well, just the dynamics of of of, of it. Uh, the first case was a a civil case where a guy was suing for damage to his hands because he alleged that a piano uh, cover for for the piano keys had fallen on his hands and so damaged his hands that he couldn't apply his trade anymore, which was was in construction workers, uh, somebody who goes up on the the I beams up way up above the ground, and it was a four day trial, and uh, then uh, the jury we we were we deliberated for ten hours. I was the the uh, foreman of the jury, and getting the d- dynamics of that was just really really interesting. Then the other was a a criminal case, a guy was accused of shoplifting, and the first thing was I was aware that that both of the lawyers, both the assistant DA and the defense attorney, who I'm sure was was uh, pro, pro bono or, or anyway, they were terrible, and I had to resist the the temptation to try to to <laughs> mend the lousy. The lousy was, but but it was just really interesting to to see how juries talked about it, and I was impressed that the folks on those juries really, really did want to do the right thing. People take it seriously. This is one of the reasons why I, I am. Uh, I mean, one of the reasons, the reason tied for the first reason why I'm a supporter and proponent of sortition of 
leadership, not only representation, not only by, uh, and, and even I would argue less, by elected representative and more by lottery. That I think people do take their civic duty seriously. I think they do show up and want to do the right thing. Uh, that's my impression of who human beings are. Uh, but I can report live from downtown Portland that jury duty is a thing. You do get called to jury duty, and, and I, I checked it out. The reason, and when I think, well, what about the shutdown order? It is viewed as critical service. So because of critical service, it is not subject to the governor's shutdown order. So there'll still be jury duty. So got a report. But the nice thing is the odds that you're going to get called are very, very low, and they don't make you stay. Or maybe she was just nice to me, but I don't think they make you stay. And by the way, if you don't know, I should ask her name, darn it, because I just saw her. But the woman who runs jury duty in Multnomah County is the county treasurer. She's hilarious. She make, she tells jokes during the breaks. She makes the, the entire jury experience much better, even if you don't, even if you don't ever get picked on a jury. Uh, and she, uh, she will, she at least let me not have to, uh, not have to stick around uh, because they didn't need them today. They're, you know, they're going to, they're only, very, very limited cases happening now, of course. And so while they're still calling jurors, they're not uh, they're not using too many. So that's my that's my report for jury duty. In court, we've got to start, Dad, with the big decision by the U.S. Supreme Court. Five to four, Amy Coney Barrett being the deciding vote because, you know, had, had she not been on the court, had instead Barack Obama been allowed to fill that seat, the decision very clearly would have been five to four the other way, saying that there is a religious exemption to an order to try to keep people alive. Pop, you should explain. Yeah, what, what the Supreme Court has said, and it's interesting that Roberts voted with, with the four, that they have told churches, go ahead and kill each other. Uh, Christian churches, the conservative Jewish churches, They've they've just said yeah you can you can gather any way you want and just go ahead if you want to kill yourself kill each other go for it. It is indeed a uh, it's a different view and by the way it comports with our prediction and our and my fear my understanding that John Roberts wanted to play for history wanted to be you know and it was for a brief period. Sandra Day O'Connor was a brief period to swing vote on the court. The, what has now happened with Amy Coney Barrett's uh, ascension is that he is not. He is not. I'm not going to call him one of the liberal minority, but it does show just how right wing, just how conservative this new court is. That John Roberts, I think, is going to find himself on more than one five to four decision uh, with him participating in a dissent for history, uh, but watching a court as it slips further away from its majoritarian moorings. Uh, the... I, am, I am reminded of the famous statement, give me liberty or give me death. I think that the folks at the churches who brought the case changed the or to and. Give me liberty and give me death. Yes, that's apparently what they want. So or, or, or to I, a therefore, I just hope, however, or to a so I can experience the. Uh, 
another another case that that uh, is is very interesting to me, and because because I do not pretend to have any expertise in it, I don't really have an opinion, but but I see strong arguments on both sides, and that's the cases that courts are dealing with with whether or not a transgender person who who tra- who trans from male to female can be allowed to compete in athletic competitions as a woman and i i would be really interested in our listeners who any listener who does have really more knowledge and, and familiarity with with the issues what what their comment would be but but for example if I, I think Bruce Jenner should Bruce Jenner be allowed to compete as a woman. That's that's kind of kind of tough. But but on the other hand, if not, how how would you how would you allow them to compete at all? So that, that, there's a challenging challenging issue that I think is worthy of some thought. The I think I think it's worth mentioning that Judge Karen immigrant. Immigra- Immigrant, however she pronounces her name, has told the Restaurant Association that uh, their their case against Kate Brown was not going to go anywhere. A suit that is in, something for us to keep our eye on is the one that's is one that's been brought by an Eastern Oregon timber company and by a small business Latina business on the west side against the money that's been appropriated for black businesses that's something to that also invites invites conversation i i don't have a great deal of sympathy for the timber company but i have a lot of sympathy for the latina it's it's a it's a tough one and good news judge robert bryan has told the folks who want to build a big methanol plant at Kalama, that they not so fast a full environmental impact statement is required, which means that the final decision on that is two or three years off. So we'll see about that. Yeah, Dad, you didn't ask my view, but I'm going to offer it anyhow. The uh, uh, or at least or at least prod if there's any listener that has has a perspective, I'll pose a question, and maybe Dad, you have you have a question. You have a, a thought in response to the question. Uh, the the lawsuit about the I'm, a, I'm going to call it reparations aid. It's not what it's officially called. The care this is called the CARES Act aid. That's what it's called uh, to black community members in Portland, which uh, so many people advocated for, and and which uh, Republicans resisted to some degree. One of their arguments was, well, what about other groups? What about other groups that also uh, have been uh, impacted by, by institutional racism, should they not get should they not get uh, some benefits? And my and of course the argument is well, therefore maybe nobody should get them. Uh, I think there's another argument that we have not yet begun to, or we're only beginning to scratch the surface of trying to uh, build greater equality. That if we did move in the direction of universal basic, universal basic income, or if at least we started moving towards uh, greater reparations and investment in Native American communities, uh, for instance, that uh, that I think we could see the CARES Act as a first step. And I know that would make some of the more uh, some of the more conservative community members 
uh, rise in concern. But, uh, but I would have that question. What's the, I think that question is being put to us, depending on what the court does. If one critiques targeted benefits to a particular group, first of all, what's one's view on that? And also, if you critique that move, then is the answer, don't give benefits, or is the answer, give benefits to other groups also? I think people understand when this court sits. The option number two. Pop, I am back in the studio. I'm going to switch over to the microphone. This was the jury duty episode of News of My Dad. Historic moment in 2020. 2020 brought us climate fires. 2020 brought us x-ray craziness. 2020 brought us a presidential election. 2020 brought us a global pandemic. 2020 has brought us so much craziness. 2020 has also brought us the very first jury duty episode, so, which, which was, was a brief, brief period. period in News, news of my, my Dad history. history. If I, I don't crash over, over, you're going to start, start hearing, hearing me two times. How did, how did you transport yourself to the courthouse and back? Dad, uh, I, 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 I'm... Here, i got to hang up that up. I am, uh, I'm, I'm on the wings of eagles. <laughs> I am really impressed that you were able to, I assume you didn't drive your own car because you wouldn't have had a place to park. Wings of eagles, that's all you need to know. I have magical transportation powers brought to me by the powers of democracy and how much people need the information that we give and the importance of our civic duty and showing up for jury duty. You're listening to news with my dad. I, Brian, I think that was kind of fun. I mean, I think I know it probably added stress in your life. I, I, what, what the heck is happening now? Well, it was all, but it all, it all worked out. I, I really am impressed. Finishing up, finishing up with some court news. Uh, Alabama has no state law against curbside voting, and so some counties wanted to have allow curbside voting, and uh, county clerks. And the Secretary of State said, no, you can't do that. And the Supreme Court agreed with the Secretary of State that, uh, and I assume they would have agreed with the Secretary of State the other way around. Well, I'm not, because this, the current majority on the Supreme Court, I think, is all in favor of restricting access to the vote, especially by people of color. The uh, Today, as we speak, the Supreme Court is hearing the cases to whether or not DDT can get away with not counting non-citizens in the census in, uh, for purposes of allocating house seats. And the, the strict constructionists, if they really are true to their belief in strict constructionism, there's no way they can say he can do that because it's very clear the Constitution says persons, not citizens. And, and this one is interesting to me. Uh, in just a minute, by the way, we've got Jonathan Geyer on the line. Uh, Jonathan Geyer, who is uh, with the American Prospect uh, and is going to be talking to us about, among other things, Joe Biden's cabinet pick. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but that is interesting to me, Dad. What will the definition of conservative be on this Supreme Court? Will the definition of conservative be whatever the Republican Party says, or the definition of conservative be what judicial conservatism meant in decades past? 
And I suspect there will be a split. Uh, I suspect, for instance, we saw John Gorsuch uh, give an opinion that surprised some folks, basically because he stuck to strict a, a strict constructionist's viewpoint over the Republican Party's view. Uh, and this is another case that you have flagged that will raise that dynamic. The challenge, of course, is with a six to three court, it can still be five to four, even if there's a strict constructionist who doesn't line up with the rest of the Republicans. Sarah Fuller, shout out, became the first woman to play in a Power Five football game. Vanderbilt University senior Sarah Fuller delivered the opening kick of the second half. Uh, the Power Five includes 65 Division I schools. Fuller was recruited by the football team from the school's soccer team. Uh, Dad, General Motors no longer backing the Trump administration's plan to nullify California's fuel economy regulations. The CEO of GE withdrew the company's support, signaling their willingness to work with President-elect Joe Biden. Despite the CDC order halting evictions, landlords are starting the process early and evicting for minor infractions. So stay tuned on that one. That's a story we're going to be tracking, I suspect, moving forward. And the next rail will be tracking, I suspect, moving forward. That, uh, that now that there are, you've got, well, there have been months and months of not requiring or not allowing evictions for non-payment of rent, that the dynamic of what happens after January 1st and or uh, are, there other, are there evictions that happen for other reasons, that I suspect we will watch as well. Uh, U.S. Federal Appeals Court, Dad, as you said, I think has dismissed the Trump lawsuit aimed to prove Pennsylvania voter fraud. Uh, the attempt to invalidate millions of votes in Pennsylvania was just one of the Trump campaign's many actions trying to overturn the November 3rd election. But that one is set aside. Before we go to Jonathan Gardet, any other quick thing, or do you want to do a straw in the wind? I would just mention that Wisconsin recount two counties gave Biden a few more votes. But no, I am ready for my two straws in the wind. Here we go. A straw in First the straw in the wind. In Bessemer, Alabama, the United Food and Coke and Commercial Workers Union has succeeded in getting enough support that there is going to be a vote for the Amazon facility there on whether or not there will be a union shop in that Amazon company. That could be a major straw in the wind. And the other, Noalt Baden, who is rated as the top high school prospect for quarterback, has decided to join, follow the example of Makur Makur, who is a six foot eleven basketball prospect, also looked upon as the creme de la creme coming out of high school, and both of them have decided to go not to the SEC or to Pac-12 or the Big, Big Ten. They've decided to go one to Grambling and the other Howard, historically black colleges, to set an example. I want to shout out for what they're doing, and there's a significant straw. Well, Bob, we did it one more time. We did. We did quite remarkably, and I'm looking forward to our being back together on Thursday when we can cover a bunch of state and local stuff, which I had to talk about today. But I love you, and we'll be back on Thursday. Love you, Pop.